I'm your host, Tiffany Moore. Thank you so much for joining me. I have decided that we're going to get right into the story of my mental breakdown, aka my spiritual awakening. And um, this is going to be the first part, kind of introducing people to my past. A lot of new listeners here that don't know the story. But I think I'm going to tell it in a way that maybe you've never heard it before. And uh, so that'll be for all the old loyal listeners still listening so you won't get bored. Um, I'm going to try to tell this story as cohesively as possible, but we're going to start this first part with a little bit of history on me and a little backstory to help everybody kind of check into the same point and get one cohesive story going, hopefully. All right. Okay, so first of all, instead of having to say a spiritual awakening or mental breakdown, um, I'm going to leave that up to you to decide because to me, those are the same things. With the research I've done um, in both of these instances, are almost exactly alike. They're just using different languages. They're using, you know, different words for the experiences that the person is going through. But to me, in my mind, it was the, it could be either or. So instead of saying those exact things every time, I'm just going to refer to this as the shift of what I experienced. What I experienced was a shift. So mental breakdown, spiritual awakening, whatever, it really doesn't matter to me, but um, you can decide what you want. But in talking about this shift that I experienced, I think it has a lot to do with my past. So apologies to uh, all of the loyal listeners, but this is mainly for the new listeners. I know there's a lot of new listeners, so I think this is a big crux of the story. So 
Uh, this is going to be a lot of uh, repeated things, but it all does tie together, and it's such a convoluted story to begin with. It's really difficult, to, like, even... It's really why I haven't spoken on this more besides, <clears throat> um, you know, being of how I would be perceived, which really doesn't matter anymore. But also it's just very, it was very difficult to like find a way to make this a cohesive story because it is... I couldn't possibly remember like all the details and I have journals and journals and journals of things that I've written down that I haven't gone back and read through because it's difficult, you know? Um, but okay. I'm just telling this. I haven't gone back and looked through all of the things that I was writing about during this time. I have, um, I remember about some of the things I was writing about, but it, there are just so many specific instances that happened through this shift that um, might come in a later, at a later time. But for now, I just want to kind of give like a, an overview of how I think it's all connected. So I grew up in a Baptist Christian home and um, my mother's parents and my father's parents went to a church together and my father's father was the preacher. So they had this, it was like a, it was a school and a church combined. So really, um, I only understood like that building, you know, as like where I spent a ton of time when I was really little. So, this is just to like set the scene of my childhood. Um, I understood basically before I could speak that I was going to burn in hell. Those kind of things were very much indoctrinated into me. Um, I had to take Jesus into my heart. I had no option or else I was going to burn in hell for eternity. Like I understood these concepts, you know, before I was three years old, really, really understood these things. So that's kind of how my childhood was. It was like everything revolved around, you know, I couldn't watch specific movies. I couldn't watch like Disney movies. Um, I watched like The Sound of Music over and over and I had like a specific set of movies that I was allowed to watch and shows that I was allowed to watch. But basically like anything outside of this little bubble of how I understood the world just didn't exist to me as a kid. And, um, so I, my biological dad left when I was, the timeline here gets really blurry because of all the different stories I've been told. I honestly remember, I would say overall um, from when I was born to age, let's just say um, 18, when I moved, I would say I remember 12% of that time frame. I've blocked out, and, and most of that was like from, you know, 16 to 18. Like those years are more vivid for me. Anything before age 16 is really like completely dark for me. I, um, 
little things will come through now and again. Uh, I had this memory recently. My mom used to always call me tender heart and I had totally forgotten about that. I like never ever remembered that when I was a kid, um, like really, really small, like maybe age five, you know, and I would be crying because one of my friends said something hurtful to another friend and I just like really experienced empathy on a hardcore level as a child. Like I just remember she would always call me tender heart because I would cry when there were injustices happening, you know, to my friends and things like that. Like I didn't know what to do with my emotions. So I would just get really upset and cry about it. And like, she even got me the tender heart Care Bear. <laughs> I think for like Christmas or my birthday one year, but that was like something I just remembered recently, like as a 41 year old adult that I've never, ever, ever remembered. So like these little things will come through sometimes and, um, but overall, for the most part, like, I, I would say 12% is pretty generous of what I actually remember from my childhood because it's just, I don't know, it's just completely black. I really can't, like, access a lot of it. So my biological father left. Um, I was told when I was, like, around two years old he moved. And um, my mom really... I could tell went out of her way not to say anything disparaging about him in front of me or my sister. But I would overhear her talking to my grandma about things as a really young child that I couldn't really comprehend. I didn't really understand. I just knew that whenever he was brought up or asked about like my grandma and my mom would both start crying and get really upset. And it just kind of ingrained in me this knowing of like, oh, don't bring this guy up, you know, like, don't even talk about this guy because look at this, you know, this, I don't want to cause this every time, you know, I don't want to make my mom upset. So, um, I, I, there was like, the only thing I really remember is being like maybe four years old and I heard my grandma say his name in the car talking to my mom. And I kind of perked up and I said, oh, who's, who's that? And I said his name and they just started crying, you know, because like, I didn't even understand that, that, that they were talking about my dad. Like that's how little he was talked about. Um, and I think it was because of that whole idea of like, if you don't have something ni nice to say, don't say anything at all. And that was kind of like the idea behind my dad. So I knew nothing about my dad, absolutely nothing, except that when he was brought up, it made everybody really upset. And, you know, that's all I really knew. So <clears throat> I've heard all of these different things. My grandma told my sister and I, or at least me, I can't remember if my sister was there, that when we were really young, my grandma took us to the doctor because she kept finding blood in our diapers and she couldn't understand why. And she would just throw things like that casually into conversation, never when my mom was around, but she would just kind of drop these little hints that I was just like, how do you just casually 
drop that like you know and she was like and the doctor you know the doctor didn't find anything or whatever I, I don't even remember what she said about the doctor but she just kind of brushed it off like you know this happens all the time like you find blood in you know children's diapers all the time like that's a just you know just wanted to get that checked out and I'm like where did like it was just so bizarre the way she would drop these kind of things in and even when I would ask too much or if we would get on a subject that was uncomfortable like I would kind of see my mom like give my grandma these looks and I always felt like my grandma always had so much more information that she was holding back from me and like I said I really think no matter what, my mom always wanted me to form my own opinion about my dad. And that's why he was just never talked about. Um, I had to really like pull things out of her. Like what color were his eyes? What did he look like? What was he interested in? Cause he was my dad. Like, you know, like I wanted to know this other half of a human being that I was part of that like just disappeared. And I heard nothing from again. <clears throat> so um, there were a lot of rumors in the church that they all attended. And there were even rumors that my grandparents went and wanted to start their own church with these other members of the church because my dad had a beard and beards weren't allowed in the church. But they were like saying because, you know, he was the preacher's son. He had special favor and all of this stuff. Like it was, it was very much like, Girl, little girls dress like this. They always wear a dress. They always have their hair, you know, pulled back in a ponytail or straight down. Like it was very specific how you had to look and act. And um, men were not allowed to have any facial hair. So there were these rumors that like my dad had a beard and, you know, like there were just like all of these special exceptions that they had because my grandparents hated my dad, hated him. So uh, it caused all this conflict within the church and stuff. And when my dad left, he, he stole, he took the only car we had. We had to move in with my grandparents to survive. And um, also my sister uh, was born out of wedlock. So my mom had to go in front of like, the clergymen, like all of the men of the church and basically like apologize and, um, you know, say she would never do it again. And, uh, when she was pregnant with my sister, because, um, you know, they weren't married. So it was like this huge sin within the church and caused like all this uproar. So my mom had to like apologize to these men, this group of men, you know, for just like, giving into, you know, the sins of the flesh or whatnot. And um, so or he left and I was told like, he took a bunch of our toys and he took our only car and he took a lot of our stuff with him. And I never heard from him again until I guess he came to visit when I was like three or four and he brought us like these dolls and he visited us visited us at this park, like, because it was out in the open. I guess that was okay. But my mom told me, or somebody told me in the family, that when, 
see like just so much of this still doesn't make sense to me like when he would come visit us which still had to be like around age three for me three or four he didn't have a place to go so he would take us to his parents house which was abandoned like I don't know if they were like trying to sell it or whatever but it didn't have like electricity it didn't have running water it was basically like just a shelter so he would take us there to like play with us and spend time with us I guess because he had nowhere else to take us they said which seemed kind of weird to me um but again like this is well when when like I thought he left when I was you know one or two and now he's like coming back to visit visit us and like just so much of this stuff doesn't line up so it's really confusing to even like really try to talk about but um so basically like I experienced a lot of rage once I got into like my really early teens whereas before I was like a like I, I was really driven by being a Christian honestly like I really was obsessed with being a good person and finding my way into heaven and making sure that I was always like doing the right thing and all of these things like and really watching other people's behavior as well and making sure that like their actions lined up with what they were telling me which caused a lot of like judgment and um I really felt like it was my mission to be spreading the word of God and you know just like being this really good little Christian girl for everybody so once I got into my teens I started going to public school in first grade and a lot of things that I experienced in my public school even though it was a very 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 small school was still incredibly different from the things that I was learning in my Christian Baptist school. Um, so it took a while for me to really like adjust into this other school and like the things I was seeing and um, everything shown through that I was like this really innocent little Christian girl. Like, you know, I would make comments like, you know, God wouldn't approve of that. Like I was constant, like God was the center of my world until you know I kind of started understanding and grasping and like paying attention I've always been really really interested in just watching people I've always been very observant I like watching people's mannerisms how they react to things why they do the things they do that's always been at the core of whatever I'm researching I just want to understand why people do the things that they do and I think people who are usually doing that it's because you find a lot of discord within yourself. It's a lot of the um, push and pull within yourself that if you can look at other people and what's made them the way that they are and just kind of like understand their history, understand their childhood, understand like the environment that they, that they grew up in, you can better form your ideas around like why uh, they do the things they do or why they turned out the way they did. So if I could observe that by watching other people, I would like slowly be able to, you know, decode that within myself too. 
of like why I am, I feel so different than everybody. And I feel like um, constantly just like, just always felt really, really different. Really not, not better, not worse. I just always felt like I'm constantly observing people and I have no idea where my place is in any of it because I feel like I understand people in this whole other different way and I still don't feel like I fit into any of it you know and um so when I was experiencing like puberty and things all of this rage that I had really suppressed and anger that I had suppressed because I thought like that's what I was supposed to do as a Christian um you don't feel angry and you don't like let anger you know like into your world even though the adults weren't showing me in that in in my life like I would have like this child's version of the bible that I would read and like all these different versions of the bible and I would understand these stories in it and kind of compare the stories to my own life and I always felt like chosen by God I always felt that um, I remember, I've, I've said this before on this podcast, but like my mom would always tell me that she would have these dreams and visions that she was in a sea of people, just tons and tons of people in this crowd and God was above them and like looking down on them and just telling everyone how much they love them. Like, I just love you all so much. And then he would point out my mom and say, accept you. So that was like how my mom viewed things. Whereas for me, it was very different. I always felt like I'm special. I'm chosen by God. Like I'm meant to do something here. Like I'm here for a reason. I have been driven by purpose for my entire life. And um, it's not something I talk about a lot, you know, because uh, the environment that I'm in now uh, just doesn't feel like that's it's it's not something that's ever left me even though it has evolved over time whereas I don't quote unquote feel chosen by God but I always have felt like I'm here to improve things for people in some way I'm here to improve people's lives lives in some way and I felt that can that kind of connection like I could take orders directly from God. God had chosen me. Like it was very, very, very instilled in me. So that started to change once I kind of got out of that environment constantly of like always being at church and school and growing up. And now I'm in public school. My mom had started seeing my stepdad when I was probably, I want to say maybe six or seven, maybe earlier I'm not sure um he was abusive but that wasn't something that I would understand until like I was older um either because he wasn't doing it as much in the beginning he wasn't abusive to her as much in the beginning when they were first dating or they just hid it better I'm not really sure so um that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about like all of the adults forcing these beliefs and these ideas on me of what it is to be a Christian and then watching them 
do the complete opposite of everything that they're telling me. Like they were very petty. They were very like gossipy people. Um, it, it just didn't ever align with the feeling that I had when I thought about God and what it meant to be a Christian. Watching the adults in my life never mirror that back to me, except for these times like when I would be helping my grandma um, like do laundry or chores. Like I would always really like love helping her do chores and stuff. And, or just like spending time with my grandma. My grandma was just constantly like, you're so special. She would just constantly be telling me how special I am. And she made me feel so loved in those moments. And like that, that's something I always really hold on to. It's just kind of like the light in this, you know, it never feeling like I connected to anyone in my family or felt like I belonged there or with anyone really. Like when my grandma would really look me in the eyes and tell me how special I am and how different I am and that's okay. You know what I mean? Like she would just kind of like be this reassurance for me in moments. And looking back a lot of times, that's all I felt like I had because my mom was just like, constantly working or not really around you know so it was just like I lived with my grandparents and um, my grandpa wasn't really like he was just very soft and kind and like quiet he didn't show a lot of emotion or affection or anything like that but my grandma was like very loving so when I transitioned into you know like being a teen and all of this anger that I had been repressing just like suddenly came up and it was coming out in like all these crazy ways. Mainly because I was watching my sister who was two years old of me going through a really rebellious phase in her life and seeing all of the attention she was getting for it. And it kind of like turned me on to this idea of like, oh, if I act out and I do these things, like that'll be a way for me to get attention too. And it was just this palpable feeling within me that just like needed fucking released, you know? Like it was just this like being the good girl, you know, being this like good Christian little girl. I just felt like still such a loner, like such an outcast. Like I didn't have a place anywhere and it was fucking infuriating because I felt like I was doing everything right. But I just felt so unseen in my family and I felt really, really disgusting. That's all I can remember is I felt filthy and disgusting and I couldn't understand why because I felt like I was always doing everything right. I felt like I was constantly doing things, you know, the way God wanted me to do them. But I couldn't get rid of this filthy, filthy feeling I had. And once I was able to like start recognizing things for myself and like I said I really understood how to read people quickly and I just from observing the fuck out of people all my life and I remember like I had wanted to be really popular in school that was really important to me so I hung out with like all of the popular girls and by the time I got into sixth grade which was um like middle school, I think middle school was like fourth through sixth grade or something like that. And then I was going to the high school, which would be seventh through 12th grade. And in sixth grade, I had this big awakening 
it was honestly when like the girls I was hanging out with started doing like these really really catty type of things to each other and um I remember there were four of us that always hung out and we were like best friends up until sixth grade and one of the girls had gotten two of us these best friend necklaces so it was like this three-piece best friends necklace which was like huge back in the day you know what I mean like this was just like so fantastic when you got one of these from a friend and I realized I'm like well what about you know the fourth girl like she's not going to have a necklace and they were like yeah isn't it funny you know and I was just like so heartbroken over like talk about tender heart like I was just absolutely mortified for this girl like she's not going to get a necklace and they just thought it was so funny and they were like it's going to wreck her you know what I mean like it's just going to completely break her she's going to cry so much and I couldn't stand the thought of this like there had been catty experiences up to this point but nothing like on this level that just felt so incredibly hurtful to me to do this to someone and so I ended up giving my necklace back and I was like give it to her like you three can be friends I want nothing to do with these people anymore and I just cut them off you know and I was like you know just kind of had in the back of my mind like seventh grade is going to be starting soon and it's like going to be a whole new world of people I'm going to be interacting with seventh through twelfth graders every day like I'm going to see these people in the halls you know what I mean like I can make a whole new friend group with people that I actually want to be friends with so sixth grade was the point where I evolved into thinking for myself instead of like believing that I just had to kind of go with the flow and be this person that everybody else wanted me to be seventh grade would be like this big turnaround to where like I would start really allowing these feelings that were coming up to um manifest into something basically and um so going into seventh grade I was really just like became really rebellious um I cut my hair really short I had had this really 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 long hair all of my life and my mom loved it and it was just like the most beautiful hair and just like everybody it was like what I was known for and I remember when I was in seventh grade I just like started shaving the back of it like the back up so the whole bottom part was shaved. My mom came in and caught me before I could shave my entire head. So I had like a little bit of hair still on the top that like she could style and stuff. But I was ready to shave my whole fucking head. I was just ready to completely embrace this person that I felt like had been dying to be released. And shaving my head was going to be like the signifying like it's fucking happening I'm changing like understand this change that is happening is going to be fucking huge because I was known you know as this person and my hair represented so much of that you know because it was just like very feminine and this is what young ladies are supposed to look like and it was just like my mom just loved my hair it was so pretty so that was like the beginning of this transition into seventh grade and into like becoming this person that wasn't just here to please everybody else and really delve into um what I was interested in and that's like when I was introduced to punk rock music and punk rock shows and started going to things like that 
And at these punk rock shows, I'm meeting the most amazing people I've ever fucking met. You know what I mean? Like just the most incredible people who are talking about real things that have happened in their life. You know, like I was always made to feel ashamed about the things that were happening in my family. Like I remember specifically um, one night my stepdad had beat the shit out of my mom and I called my mom's parents and told them because I was so scared. Like I was really scared that he was going to kill her. And I got reamed the fuck out for that. Like, don't you ever tell anybody about what goes on in this house like that was very much ingrained in me after that like we do not tell anybody what happens in this house like my mom would go to church and she would have to wear sunglasses to hide her bruised eyes you know and like which was just fucking wild to me that like no one ever caught on or maybe they didn't just didn't give a shit but um so things like that it was like it was very secretive which made me feel extremely shameful just for like knowing these things and not being allowed to tell anybody because again of this feeling that I couldn't hide that I was a chosen one you know as that evolved it wasn't necessarily chosen by God but it was just like there's something about me that is meant to help people and help them change their lives in ways that they don't necessarily know how to do and I want to be the inspiration behind, you know, like what makes them awaken to something within themselves or open up. And like, so watching my mom get the beat, you know, get beaten up constantly by this guy, it just like went against every, all like the nature of who I am. It was so fucking difficult to just like keep it a secret. And I would have these journals as a kid where I was like, I'm not kidding you, mapping out his death, writing out the ways I was going to kill my stepdad. I mean, detailed ways that I was going to kill him. And like, I was going to make him suffer before I killed him. I was really like, it was a really, really, it was this darkness that I couldn't understand, like where it stemmed from necessarily. And the more I would give into it, the more I felt like I was opening up to this person that I was always meant to be. And I started having this like real complex, you know, as a child about like this light side of me and this dark side of me. And this dark side of me wanted to absolutely consume me and take over and wreak fucking hell on everything that I've experienced. And I felt disgusting all the time because I felt like I was holding so much shame and anger for things that I didn't necessarily have any control over and it made me feel really helpless and so shaving my head was empowering as fuck to me because it was something beyond anything I could ever like fathom doing on that level you know what I mean like it was such it was such a shock to the system you know like it was just like it was just so fucking empowering to me to be able to just like, it felt like I was removing that person, you know, that I've been trying to be like this perfect person for everybody, this perfect little Christian girl for everybody. It's like in shaving my head, this act was just so empowering. And um, so I started 
to really start journaling more about the darkness inside of me and um it was really cryptic and morbid the things that were coming out about how I wanted to kill my stepdad and eventually it started morphing into also wanting to kill my biological father which I couldn't understand why I was just like I mean he he left he left us but I mean he didn't do like anything malicious you know we never heard from him again or at least we never heard from him much like I don't remember ever getting letters from him or anything but I guess he did come to visit us sometimes I don't know but there's nothing about him that like would stick out to me that I remembered I just completely like blacked out that entire part of my childhood so I was more trying to get in touch with this darkness almost as if it was like a separate entity entity inside of me and really trying to figure out like where this stemmed from and um uh, the, the amount of disgust I felt as I was getting older you know towards eighth or ninth grade and really really coming into like this rebellion and um constantly fighting with my family and telling them how fucked up they were and stuff and just like doing all of these really really rebellious things um just like wild things like getting absolute like I would get blackout drunk at the age of 15 you know at parties and smoking cigarettes all the time and just like smoking pot like doing anything I could to escape but when I was alone I was forced to like be with myself and be with this darkness and be be this like really really tormented angry person and I was just like what is at the root like I was just always seeking like what is at the root of all of this and all I knew was it had to do with my biological father and I just couldn't ever explain why and like I said I had these little things in my mind that was my grandma saying to me that she found blood in my diaper as a baby I overheard conversations that my biological dad would hang out with this really small boy and they would go to they would like hang out all the time they would go places together and I guess they would go like watch people make out in cars and stuff like that I guess there was like some part of town that like make out point or something like that you know like where you could go and just kind of like I don't know because <laughs> it's so fucking weird um and again like these were all just kind of like I, I couldn't really understand like why he would be hanging out with a young boy you know and again like the timeline is so confusing because he had two kids at home like why was he always spending his time with this young boy I don't know so these little like things that never matched up to me or felt right within me and just caused a lot of turmoil within me and I decided like I'm gonna find out the mystery that is my dad and um but a lot of that wouldn't come until my late my late 20s so until that point I was just kind of knew all of these uncomfortable things about my dad but um you know I was just like kind of just too 
consumed with being a kid at the time to like really really delve into it or or think about it too much I just knew that there was a darkness inside of me that I was fucking terrified of because it would like uh you know if you want to say a voice or whatever like it would just say these really really dark things to me um about how I'm worthless how I don't mean anything um how I should just kill myself you know just like these constant things in my mind all the time again that I couldn't really like get down to like a single solitary reason of like why I would be feeling these things you know because I would look at other you know we, we heard this story once in high school about like this child you know like um Munchausen by proxy the, those kind of stories and like children who had been abused and things like that and I'm like okay well that makes sense of like why they would turn into you know these dark people with this darkness but like for me like you know I didn't have anything that I felt like had happened to me directly my my stepdad wasn't abusive to me he was abusive to my mom you know my my biological dad left me and so then um all of this darkness kind of turned to like um wanting attention from men so um I don't know if I really want to get into all of that but like obviously I was seeking you know a love that I hadn't ever received from a male figure like watching it as it actually became like this kind of disturbing I, I would be sexually attracted to a lot of my dad's friends or um, my friend's dads and I couldn't quite I mean I remember watching <laughs> I remember watching the movie Poison Ivy with Drew Barrymore and I think she seduces the father in that movie or something and I was just like wow I was really really opened up to that and like turned on by that idea but um when I was really little and I would have sleepovers at um friends houses and stuff like that it was more about like the family dynamic to me it always felt like so special and like they all actually really cared about each other like they would have dinner together and be laughing and asking each other about their you know they would like inquire about the kids lives and their day and just like how they were and have these stories and it was just like this family dynamic that I was drawn to I was constantly at a friend's house um growing up constantly I remember just like never being home because I loved the family dynamic that I would have, you know, when I would go and sleep at friends' houses. So I would say when I got into like probably about ninth grade, eighth or ninth grade, that's when those feelings started turning sexual for me. And I wanted their dads, I wouldn't do anything overtly, but I would have fantasies about their dads like finding me very sexually attractive. Um, I specifically remember it in ninth grade so maybe that's when that started I remember um finding my friend's dad's playboys in the barn or something like that when we were playing at her house and I was incredibly turned on by that and I was just like you know thinking about all these ways that I could seduce him and all of these kind of things and um so that's when it became very like sexual for me where I, I didn't want 
just male attention as like a friendship I needed to be like the ultimate like if you were gonna kiss me I had to be the best kiss you've ever had in your life like everything was like that because I felt like I had to be something so much more than what I was actually was to like have a man interested in me or have them stick around or like want to get to know me you know because like I didn't experience that from a male figure in my life um it always very much felt like there wasn't a lot of interest in me which sucked because I I, I struggled that's what I struggled with it was like feeling like this chosen one and feeling really special and feeling like I'm here for a specific reason always feeling that since like very small childhood and you could say that's due to the religious household I grew up in um which I find extremely fascinating I, I I kind of compare I didn't understand until I really started talking to people about religion that like everybody didn't have faith I like like people couldn't access the idea of having faith I thought everybody was instilled with that. I thought everybody had that for the longest time growing up. I thought like that was just something ingrained in everybody to have faith, not in anything specific, except just having faith that you're seen and there is a path to follow and you need to like find your way to that, to your path. Like I just felt like that was instilled in everybody and it wouldn't be until much later in life, like, late 20s again um or maybe earlier 20s that that I understood that a lot of people didn't even know how to have faith in things even just like every day I know everything is working out for me or I know everything is going to work out and I don't need to sit here and like fear all of these things um I just have faith that things are going to work out eventually like the way that they're supposed to. I thought everybody, like I just thought everybody was like that. So once I started meeting people who couldn't even grasp the fact that faith was something that they could attain or like, you know, capture or hold on to, it was really eye-opening. It was kind of showed me like, you know how I kind of feel like school especially when you first start school like kindergarten preschool first grade second grade it's there to teach you how to learn things it's not necessarily like you're not learning like life lessons you know what I mean like things that are really going to really really help you in life you're learning how to learn things you're learning concepts concepts you're learning how to grasp things that are being discussed on a different level than you've ever really thought about them. So you're learning like how to teach yourself things, how to be taught, like how to learn. You're just being taught how to learn things for so long in school, like just how to adapt your mind to taking in these concepts and, you know, achieving a result. So in the same way, I think being indoctrinated into the religion that I was at such a young age for, for, for so long and just having that be my world, it kind of instilled this like these basic principles that are still part of me now. It was just kind of like I was learning how to have faith, you know, like I was learning how to 
understand all of these ideas that were being thrown at me. <clears throat> just in the same way that school just teaches you how to learn things for a long time. It just, it's just showing you the process of how to learn things, of how to make your mind adapt to these certain ideas and beliefs. So I feel like that's what religion was for me at a really young age. It was just like showing me these ideas that like my, my very, very small brain was trying to form around. And um, <clears throat> so the, the rage, might save this for the next episode, getting into the rage, but um, just, just to wrap up a little bit on what this is so far is just like showing you the backstory, um, the introduction of this shift that I'm experiencing because I think that is really important. The environment that we come from, how we learned things, how um, we experienced the things that were happening in our immediate environment. And especially if that's all you know, suddenly going out into the real world can be like a real fucking culture shock, you know? Like it can be a real big, big shock for someone who's just like kind of been living in this little bubble. And um, yeah, so I think that's where I'm gonna wrap it up for this episode, just to give you a little glimpse into the ride that we are about to embark on. Uh, yeah, so it's not exactly easy for me to talk about this stuff because so much of this shift that I experienced recently, like within the past few years, has taught me to, like the only way to move forward is to completely erase the story that you've been telling yourself of who you are up until this point in your life. So this was like a big turning point for the shift that was happening is stripping away all of the labels that you have had about yourself like to a very very like existential point of like everything is meaningless nothing means ever like I'm meaningless like going from this overemphasized point of feeling like I have such a purpose to feeling like I, at this point in the shift, like everything is ab absolutely meaningless. And I'm just trying to like outline the ride of getting to that point of like everything is meaningless. You completely strip everything you've known about yourself. This story, especially if you've been listening since the early days of this podcast, this story that I've been telling about my life so much of the shift was just like completely erasing everything and I'm going to get into how all of that occurred. Um, yeah, so I hope you're into it. I hope you're invested because it's gonna be a fucking crazy ride. Um, it's gonna be a lot of episodes. I'm probably gonna have to go back and like I forgot about this part too because it's just like so epically convoluted and crazy. But um, I do feel like I'm far enough removed from the shift at this point to openly talk about a lot of the things that I experienced and um, not feel like uh, someone is going <laughs> to 
lock me up in a room with padded walls. So yeah, uh, thanks for listening and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.